0: Welcome back to OctalFM and the first episode of 2022. Today we are joined again by our guest Tony to discuss the games we are most excited for in the upcoming gear. Hello, and welcome to the episode of Optical FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And we welcome back our regular guest in Tony once again. Hello, Tony. Hello. And we are following up on our previous episode of our games of 2021 with the games that we are most looking forward to in 2022.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: again, another regular occurrence for us. Yep. We are always very good at guessing what games will be coming out because there are some games on our list today that were on last year's list we're terrible at it
1: slash (laughs) the game industry is bad at release dates that's more what it is i think if
0: i'm honest with you but yeah we're just going to discuss some games that we're looking forward to playing uh that are coming out in the next coming year hopefully Mm. Um, we'll also will have released or will be releasing i'm not sure which way it's going to be yet uh sort of a follow-up to last year's games mm. that we were looking forward to what actually right. we did play what games yep. we didn't end up playing or what games didn't come out at all so yep. look out for that in a soundbite episode a shorter mm. one
1: exactly and starting with a game that didn't come out that we <laughs> talked about last time <laughs> so we'll go into it in too much detail uh still at the top of my list really of games i'm looking forward to is the sequel to horizon zero dawn which ah, is yes. horizon forbidden west now slated for february 2022 and right is that realistic well, or the thing is this what last year we said it's coming out in 2021 but i will probably wait for it to be on pc so it'll i'll probably be playing it in 2022 yeah. so now we're saying it's coming out in 2022 so it'll probably be 2023 until you get time to play it yeah <laughs> so i'm just putting this in so that i can say all of this again next year as well <laughs> what? got the, the free advertisement wait. that uh What's so is it Gorilla Studios
0: is that right Get, are getting on this Yeah
1: yeah exactly Crazy. um
2: I was going to say we've got a PS5 so I don't know what you're bleating on about
1: Yeah I know but like it means I don't not hog in the TV and your PS5 and it's also all right.
2: I'll buy it for me and I'll play it in front of you Oh
1: but I want to play it Yeah Tony's Dear been me. threatening to buy it and play it instead You haven't completed the first one though so you have got to complete the first one Yeah it's a joke <laughs> Um but yeah it's still top of my list they you know definitely development has been impacted by everything that's been going on in the world mm. for sure and but yeah still looking forward to it not really else to say really it's just well, is there uh, any l- new
0: information about it whatsoever that wasn't available? very last little
1: year? i don't even know have we even had another trailer i think maybe we have there's some swimming involved uh, i don't think there's a lot of gameplay detail no. yet so they've you been know, pretty it's... tight-lipped in the past year i suppose yeah i think so i think so
0: but for me one of the games that i'm not holding my breath for <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> um, is Breath of the Wild too? Uh, because last mm-hmm. year we did get a trailer. Uh, we got a trailer <laughs> during a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> a whole um, trailer. A whole trailer. It was, but it was a good trailer. It showed mm-hmm. new things. Mm-hmm. But they didn't give a release date. In fairness, and with Nintendo, it's especially with Zelda. It's always difficult to gauge how far along the game is in development. Like Breath mm. of the Wild was basically finished and then it still took another four years to come out sort of thing, you know, because we yep. did so much of it and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to it because I've, we've talked about it in the past. Like for me, Breath of the Wild is possibly one of the greatest games I've ever played, mm. like bar none. So to have a sequel come is
1: is just, I can't wait for it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we thought that it was going to be like a Majora's Mask style, Mm. like yin and yang sort of release. But given that it's been delayed more, more, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what the gap was between Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Uh, I
0: think it was only like, it was maybe 12 months, 14 months, if not less. It was a very quick turnaround. Whereas you think uh, Breath of the Wild was a Switch release, right? So it came out in like, what, March or April 2017? so you know it's already been nearly five years no four years sorry
1: so yeah we're not it doesn't feel like well presumably we're not going to see that sort of style of like reused assets kind of like vibe i guess harder to do in in modern times compared Mm. to back in the nintendo 64 days but still kind of interesting that they're not going for that sort of like major release minor release type stuff
0: but I'm perfectly happy to wait because if I'm honest with you, the longer I wait, the better chance it is of being good. Um, And Mm. I know for a fact that Nintendo will not release this until it's properly ready. Um, One of the great things about some of their most protected franchises like Zelda, even more so than something like Mario, they have to get it right first Mm. time. There's no second chances for something like a Zelda game. So... Uh, I, I am very, very confident that it'll be excellent when it does finally come mm. out, and I'm perfectly happy to wait for it. I'd mm. love it to be in 2022 because <laughs> I just, you know, five years to wait between the games is a long time, but I'd rather
1: wait and be good.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: From a game that we're sort of confident will definitely be good because Nintendo will make all the effort to ensure <laughs> that it is, to a franchise that. Doesn't necessarily feel like it has that, and it's a bit more of a gamble when a game's coming out. Tony, oh. what are you looking forward to?
2: Yeah, so Pokemon Legends Arceus or Arceus—I'm not quite sure who you pronounce that one—is um, actually it has a release date of the end of January, and I mean I'm quite confident, yeah, but mm. that's just because I like everything. Really, <laughs> like, I'm not very critical, um, and it you does obviously look don't good. listen
0: to. A- our regular pokemon episodes on get on M do you i have to because, defend it endlessly yeah <laughs> I, I am forever the skeptic i'm afraid and i'm going to be skeptical towards this one as well
2: yeah but this one they really do seem to be trying something new here it's not just a diamond and pearl remake or you know eight gyms i hope if i go if i load up the game and it's like you have to fight these eight tribal <laughs> leaders <laughs> I'm yeah. livid but um it does look really good to me it's counted as sort of breath of the world but pokemon but it's not quite as open world as that i'm sure it looks very shiny it's set in the past you have sort of wooden pokeballs or something which mm. sounds cool there's lots of sort of mechanics that sound pretty fun so um, like,
0: I, I haven't gotten too much information on this beyond the trailer like sell it to me why it's a unique pokemon game and it isn't just the next one in the lo- in the long list of pokemon games
2: well you're always running around as you and you throw You have to throw the ball (laughs) and the Pokemon comes out and you're still there. I don't know. It's all seamless. There's nothing.
1: um, Because you can move around in the battle.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the battles system is completely different. It's not turn based -based anymore. It's like you can queue up attacks. If you're fast, you can get in a couple of attacks. Yeah. More
1: like ATB, like active time battle type. Or heal
2: you yeah. don't have to attack and there's like strong what was it strong style and
1: oh yeah like start almost like a stance Agile. like like battle stances kind of so they're
0: yeah. trying to imitate sort of the battles that you see within the anime for example as opposed to like the back and forth turn yeah. based of the classic yeah. games and i guess also drawing from some other
1: rpgs and stuff like that
0: as well, well immediately yeah. when you start describing i was thinking of the final fantasy 7 remake mm. but that sort of like it, where things slow down to so why are you making choices and then it'll speed mm. back up and those choices will then play out you know yeah
2: yeah and there's some sort of other mechanics in there there's going to be a bit of crafting so you have to craft the pokeballs i'm guessing there's going to be some other stuff you can make there's base camps because kind of the idea is you're not just going around being the very best because pokemon training is quite new at this stage in the sort of world yeah (laughs) pokemon history so i think you have to go around sort of creating the Pokedex, which is essentially a notebook and you have to sort of look for Pokemon, maybe take pictures, I'm not sure. That's a bit Pokemon snap though. I think you just have to find them and write some stuff down. Hmm. It's set in Sinnoh back in back in the day. Yeah, kind of following on from Diamond and Pearl remake, I suppose. Hmm.
0: Is it using the Sword and Shield engine or is it using something of its unique own? I mean
1: you said it looks like Breath of the Wild, so is it using the
0: Breath of the Wild engine? Yes. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's not
1: clear. Like, I was yeah. trying to work this out looking at the trailers. It, I, Despite the fact that it, they're like, there are some shots that are very Breath of the Wild in the trailers, I'm pretty confident it isn't the Breath of the Wild game engine. Because that would be cool, right? Yeah. Honestly, if you
0: gave me a Breath of the Wild-esque game where that's the level of free roam that you have, where you can kind of go wherever you want, yeah. and the Pokémon are literally just like the monsters in, say, Breath of the Wild roaming around as and whenever that would be really cool to, like, sneak up and find certain Pokemon or, like, have to hunt for them at different times of the day and in different environments and stuff like that. Mm. And then the ability to fight Pokemon is much more fluid in terms of, like, you rather than going into a battle, Mm. they just, you start fighting them if you want to or run away from them or whatever, you know. That would be pretty cool. And that would genuinely be the first time I'd be excited for a Pokemon game in a long time.
2: Yeah, I think I've purposefully not been watching every single trailer that comes out because I feel like with Pokemon games, they... Kind of give you a bit too much information mm, yeah. to the point where it's not yeah. nothing's really a surprise. But from what I have seen, I think there are sort of some Pokemon that are a bit aggressive, and you'll sort of run past and they'll see you and start chasing you and things like yeah. that. And they will attack you. You can take damage and get mm. faint. I think. Right. Yeah. Get...
1: It's meant to like Pokemon aren't as friendly in this one. I right? don't. Th- yeah. I mean, obviously, they you probably still aren't catch them, friendly but...
2: anyway. But yeah. it's just it's
0: just sort They're of less done respectful a bit of the
1: human Pokemon mm. barrier. I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, It's interesting, like, I want to be wrong, and I say this about every single new Pokemon (laughs) game we talk about, I want to be wrong, I'm just very concerned it's going to be a a bland, action-adventure-style, free-roam Pokemon game, with the same sort of basic mechanics that we've seen in other games, but with Pokemon slapped over the top of it.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully. It does sound like they're trying something Mm. here, so that's that's something, at least if it's not quite right, then... Maybe they'll improve on it in the next iteration.
0: It seems brave as well to to dive into Pokemon's history because Pokemon's history seems incredibly convoluted and Mm. needing
1: lots of retcon too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Speaking of iterations of games, another game on my list is, which again, you know, is perhaps being optimistic To see that it's coming out this year, it hasn't Mm. even got a release date yet. No. And that is Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga. Yes. We've talked about uh, Hellblade's Senua's Sacrifice, that was what it's called, right? Yes, that's right, right, yeah. Which was a game of 2019 for me. I think it may have even been one of my games of the decades. It really stood out. Yeah, it was one of the games that definitely we talked about quite a lot because it really resonated with you, I remember. It it really did. I played it on Switch. Um, It was really, really good. I keep meaning to replay it either on PC or even maybe in VR to see what that's like. It's been in development for quite a while. It's still Ninja Theory. They're doing what they like to do, which is make a ridiculously triple a looking game with a limited number of staff and like try and find like weirdly creative technical things to do to make it you know they're like obsessing over the clouds and like all of that kind of stuff like they really get a kick out of like yeah doing doing the hard stuff i guess it probably helps that they're a second party right they're now owned by microsoft so Mm -hmm. they have a little more flexibility and like freedom yeah and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see if that means that they it's not a real thing, but like quadruple A, like, it's like, are they going to try and like push not only to be, do like triple A on a budget, but are they going to be like, okay, well now what if we have budget, how f- much further can we, how much further can we go beyond, you know, what we've done before? Mm.
0: Um, I mean, this is running on unreal five,
1: yeah. which is really exciting.
0: Yeah. So, and honestly, the first one looks fantastic. Right. Exactly. So it does make me quite anxious to learn how, how, Or rather, what they're going to do with this one Mm. with Unreal Engine 5, because some of the, even just the trailer stuff that we've seen for that Mm. engine is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, seeing what they'll do with this is going to be really interesting.
1: Yeah. We saw uh, at the Game Awards, which at the time of recording was last week, this week, I don't know, very recent. um, We saw something that looked a bit more like gameplay. Like, not, it wasn't really gameplay, it was still cinematic, but there was more like the camera is behind. Senua for a period of time that makes it look like it's a bit of gameplay Uh, and it looked amazing in the first game you're on your own like the entire time Uh, that's the whole like apart from enemies effectively but in this. There seems to be some kind of tribe that you're possibly even, like, the leader of. So, yeah, interesting how the game is going... Like, if that means that we're going to see interactions between characters, are we going to see something that is a bit more open and less linear, maybe? Um, I I don't know. Who knows what they're... You know, we, we've really not been told or seen anything of, like, what is this as a game, right? Uh, is it just another linear experience i say just like that's very dismissive but you know is it a linear experience or is this something that are they going to bring in more game mechanics because i think if it, if there was one criticism of hellblade it was that it was quite light on mechanics like yeah. the combat was quite simple you know it, there was a lot of repetition of stuff it was you know it was interesting but it was really about the style and yeah. the fact that, yeah, it was a AAA game on small budget, um, or, you know, with a limited number of people. And, you know, they really sort of pushed a lot of boundaries and and also did a lot of challenging things around, you know, presenting like mental health and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, is it more of that or is it are they going to push other boundaries? And if so, what are they going to be pushing? I think um, is is yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. But. Not it's an interesting team, for this though, year. because like, they're, yeah. they're
0: always a little bit unpredictable like mm. with what they'll produce, right? right. So, yeah. no matter what comes out
1: of it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely, 100%.
0: 100%. It's never going to be bland, which is pretty much the most egregious thing you can do in the games industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What else is on your list, Seth? Uh, well, there's a few little things. I think I've got a few more games that I'm looking forward to in terms of like don't know too much about them, but still going to be uh, looking forward to one is uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this one. This one, was, no. this one came out. The trailer for at least, same way came out for Gamescom earlier in the year, as opposed to the Game Awards. And it's being made by Firaxis Games, the guys that did um, XCOM, which I talk oh, about. Oh, that's last why it's on your list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a really weird one, and it seems like it's been made almost for me specifically, in that it's a turn-based deck-building strategy game, right. <laughs>
1: Right. right. Marvel
0: themed characters. Made by foraxis Made by Phyraxis. <laughs> so, like, people are basically saying it's XCOM Marvel, right? Right. Which, there is some truth to that, but there's, it's a little bit more action focused than that from what we can tell. Like, it seems to be a case of, like, you have a deck of abilities that each character has, and then you draw from that deck, and they, the characters that you control will have certain, like, you know, Amount of times they can use that ability within the fight, and they ha- you have to sort of like you know mix between what strengths and weaknesses you use at one time within the fight and stuff like that. So you'll go into the battle with like three heroes. It'll be like you know Iron Man, Captain America, and Wolverine, or something like that. Uh, and they'll all have like a deck of abilities you will need to use, and you need to move them around the board and and you know maximize with their strengths together and synergies and stuff like that. But it's also at the same time sort of a bit of a uh, a, like relationship manager like it seems like every character and sort of has like you know social stats with one another, almost a bit like personary confidant style mm. um where like you know you'll have dr strange going in and having a chat with i don't know cyclops or something about whatever but, yeah it seems interesting like the fact that it's it's this big property like marvel is very big business now you know after the films and the disney acquisition etc mm. being paired up with a, a pretty niche like fan favorite in pharaxis like it's certainly mm. not like you'd expect this sort of like uh, combination with some really big studios you know like the kind of thing you'd see like maybe an assassin's creed crossover or right yeah, yeah something yeah. like that you know as opposed to like XCOM slash pharaxis yeah quite niche right so mm. i am cautiously optimistic about this because mm-hmm. i think to one extent it's going to be a really interesting mashup of concepts and it's going to be fantastic On the other side of it, I'm worried it's going to be quite dumbed down to appeal to a wide enough audience that it's going to be worthwhile having the Marvel name slapped onto it. Because Mm. I'm worried that if they're going to make it a little bit too hardcore, a little bit too XCOM-like, it's going to put off a wider range of people who maybe don't want something quite as hardcore, I guess. They want something a little bit more approachable. So I'm not sure. I I am optimistic, but cynically, which is basically my Mm. life. (laughs) <laughs> uh, your view
1: your view on everything yes
0: but one game that I know for a fact that is not being cynically optimistic about for most people who are absolutely chomping at the bit for more on this game um, is the next From Software game right which is Elden Ring which is your pick Tony
2: yeah um, I mean I like Soulsborne games in general I haven't played all of them but I I think the only one I haven't no I haven't played Demon Souls and the first Dark Souls but I'm working on it. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, the thing that sort of intrigued me to start with was George R. R. Martin's involvement in as one of the writers. Um, that sort of obviously sparked a lot of jokes of "aha, oh, it'll never get made." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that I imagine has next...
0: annoyed quite a lot of Game of Thrones people who want the, the books to be made. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. making
2: a game. I've given up <laughs> with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was a trailer quite recently which. I mean, it just looks like a Souls game. I think there's yeah. some mounted combat, which they haven't done in a, a Souls game before. I think they're bringing back some sort of stealth mechanic that was in Sekiro, mm-hmm. which that I think Sekiro might be my favourite. Oh yeah, of those types of games. But yeah, um, and in general, it just looks kind of dark and Soulsy, and
0: mm.
2: yeah, maybe a little bit more. I could sort. Of, I feel like I could see George R. R. Martin's influence in there because obviously, like Miyazaki's Japanese and i could see the sort of like game of thrones style like the Western yeah. yeah but yeah it actually has a release date i don't know if it's going to get delayed but it's actually coming out on the 25th of february so mm, we'll see quite, it's actually quite specific and not far away yeah. yeah um but yeah no I'm, I'm looking forward to it i don't really feel like there's much to say on it right now um i imagine it's going to be very flashy looking and
1: it's another very difficult <laughs> it's another one that like is being kept relatively quiet right like we're not seeing huge amounts of like gameplay or anything like that like yeah. it's very there's quite a lot of stuff actually that we're talking about here that's very like lots of like teaser trailers and cinematic trailers like pokemon legends like elden ring like hellblades you know all of these games like we're not we don't seeing know a lot of like, them we're not seeing like 20 minute you know direct capture gameplay footage or anything like that yeah i wouldn't watch it anyway no but it's interesting like it feels like a bit of a move towards like overly not overly but like more way more cinematic stuff yeah you know given that elden ring is yeah like as end of february that's like two months away yeah yeah especially they'd be hyping up a little bit more by now which what the game is it must be done right like if it's, yeah. there's 2 months away it must be basically finished and and be feature complete you know
2: i mean it is from software and they are really popular games and George R R Martin's involved they're probably kind of like riding on that
1: right sort of agreed uh, 100%
0: yeah. i'm yeah. most interested to know what is going to differentiate this between dark souls because obviously bloodborne very very different aesthetic and a much more aggressive playstyle hmm. sekiro very different aesthetic and a, you know a much more variable style of gameplay with with the combat and the platforming and the stealth etc so what is Elden Ring going to be doing which is different Mm. to just pure Dark Souls style gameplay is I don't know because just from what I've seen so far it kind of just looks like a really pretty Dark Souls
2: yeah that's what I'm seeing so far I I am intrigued to see what's going to stylistically what's going to set it apart I know I said it looked a bit more western but it's not enough I don't think
0: well Dark Souls itself is relatively western anyway yeah. it's yeah. got you know it's kind of gothic-y look to it mm. in terms of it's like dragons and it's yeah. magic and it's knights and stuff like that so like uh, uh, you know only really Sekiro has stood out from that in the sense that that is very Japanese obviously whereas Bloodborne is very western but a very different type of western design so yeah I mean I I imagine it'll be fantastic no
1: matter what but I just want to know what is going to be unique about it mm. yeah I don't like. Uh, I don't have that many games that I'm particularly looking forward to. I'm kind of uh, mindful that I've not played a huge amount this year, so I'm setting myself relatively low targets. <laughs> I actually have a bunch of games that I own already uh, that I. Need to play so they kind of count. Um, I have speaking of Japanese games, I have Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2 on the Switch, which I like very briefly started and then didn't continue to play. Well, you've I been stu- slowly
0: working your way through the Final Fantasy games, haven't you? Like, because you played 8 and yeah, 9 and over, very sure. slowly,
1: very slowly. So, yeah, I would like to pick that back up. I'm still playing through the 3D All Stars games, like a Mario 64 sunshine and galaxy Mm -hmm. and also sticking with the mario theme i completed or just about completed whatever new super mario 3d World, whatever it was called on on uh switch uh but i haven't even started bowser's fury which is the like expansion yeah the dlc thing thing. so i am also meaning to play that as well obviously these are not games that are coming out but for me they are games that are on my horizon Seth, you've got lots of games, however, that you are looking mm. forward to that are coming out this year.
0: Yeah, some of Hopefully. them.
1: Some of them have been like supposed to have come out
0: already. Like for example, one of the games we talked about last year, which is still on this list, is Warhammer 40k Darktide, oh, which is yeah. basically like 40k version of Vermintide. Yeah, right.
1: In that it's going to be sort of like a four player like horde survival mm. shootery type thing. That'd be really cool, actually, because I quite yeah. like Vermintide, but it would be interesting to play it in the 40k.
0: Literally, you said that thing, last year. Right. Um, you said exactly the same thing. In the that, like I really
1: like Vermintide,
0: but I prefer Amazing. the forty k aesthetic, and I Amazing. think it worked better from a range point of view as well. Mm. Which I will. Um, Like, I'm still looking forward to that, but there's still no news that I can tell of what's Mm. coming out yet. So uh, that one, yep, looking forward to it. We'll definitely cover it when it comes out. Another game, which I don't want to talk about too much because we did a whole soundbite on it not too long ago that's hopefully coming out either just at the end of this year or hopefully towards the beginning of next year, is the Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Oh yeah, which is due to come out relatively soon. Uh, So I'm looking forward to playing that, and I'll feedback on my opinions on that from my Yu-Gi-Oh! professional point Mm -hmm. of view. (laughs) Um, But one game I know that still might come out, should come out, I think it's supposed to be coming out towards the end of next year, which I know you'll be just as excited for as me, is Homeworld 3.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Now, we are massive Homeworld fans, and we Mm. have talked about Homeworld a few times in the past on our RTS-based episodes, but Homeworld the classic one basically invented the 3d rts mm. game pretty much on its own yeah and homeworld 2 very much uh, sort of refined that uh, formula and then you had homeworld cataclysm which was sort of like a really interesting narrative take on the on the rts mm. genre as well and then you had uh homeworld deserts of Karak, which yeah. is sort of like a bit of a departure from that but equally wonderful resurgence of the rts genre during a bit of a, a bit of a dry spell of the games yeah so the homeworld 3 is very much the the proper sequel to homeworld 2 it's going to carry on with the original story which is a Mm. wonderful narrative with a really rich world like Mm. rich universe i guess you should say yeah and it's very it's just oozing style and personality and it has a really distinct feel and an aesthetic to it which makes it the fact that it's a, a really good rts game all the better
1: yeah i think what like we saw some recent footage again from the game awards for this which t- t- took me by surprise i wasn't expecting to suddenly see some sort of in engine in inverted commas yeah game because play. we've talked about before who knows what that actually means um <laughs> gameplay <laughs> where like it looks like we could see like more interesting environments like mm. a mixture of like planetary or like near near orbit type stuff a little bit of like you know to. Ter- Quote unquote terrain, yeah, like right, mega structure type like, things, yeah, yeah, like mega structures that you're like manoeuvring around. Which the uh, one and two really didn't have. You know, space was empty and full of like little pockets of asteroids and not a lot else. Yeah, um, you know, so really, I guess there was a bit in the campaign, but still, so really interesting to see. Yeah, what they do. I guess my concern is like, how do you make Homeworld three feel fresh? Yeah, and not like. Homeworld 2, but nice. Yeah, Uh, Homeworld 2, but but different story. You know, like we've had like the remastered one and two. And it's like if three is just feels a bit like a remastered one and two, but just with a slightly different story. I don't know if that's going to be compelling enough for it to do well yeah and it's that's my concern like i guess i guess that's the same with all rts to some extent you know yeah that is kinda, true there yeah. is a there is an upper limit in a way on what you can do with real time it feels yeah. like anyway like i'm sure people can come up with new innovative things but fundamentally you're moving units around and you know you have like control points and stuff like that but i don't know like well
0: that's one thing you didn't have in fairness yeah, in the whole world maybe add two, add you didn't that you have in, control in points through. and the big difference between Homeworld 1 and 2 was the the, the use of squads as opposed to individual yeah. ships, yeah, yeah. which was sort of going... I think that was one of the early examples of squads in fence, because that became kind of yeah. default for a lot of RTS, like, like you know, Heroes things like stuff. Company of Heroes and Dawn of War, which, again, were Relic, you know, which yeah. is the original studio yeah. behind Homeworld. Now it's called Blackbird Entertainment, which is much of the same team. Yes, um, So lots of really good quality staff members you know mm. good talent there yeah um so i imagine we're going to get a good product but i know what you're saying it's going to be interesting to see what they do differently this time around
1: mm. tony do you have anything else on your list for next year
2: um i'm pretty sure i talked about this last year but stray which is um you play as a cat basically um but oh, it got delayed and it does say early 2022 so we shall see but
0: Is there any more information on that? Like any any other sort of like gameplay mechanics been revealed? Because I think the trailer that I saw was very, very light on content. It was more just a concept more that it was selling you on.
2: Yeah, I think there's some more information now. I mean, obviously you're a cat um, (laughs) and the world is sort of, well, it's full of robots by the looks of things. There's sort of puzzle elements to it and exploration. And you've apparently got this little drone with you who... um, sort of translates the robots for you so i guess that's how you know what's going on because hmm. otherwise you're just a cat but it looks really cool it looks really atmospheric um like the lighting and stuff of what i've seen in the trailers looks yeah it looks really cool but there is actually another game um which i i found which is you're also a cat <laughs> and that's coming out in 2022 as well apparently and that's called um Uh, little kitty big city and you're a little kitten in this japanese city and you run around you're trying to get home but you don't really because you're a cat and you get distracted and you do all these quests and get hats weirdly so it's Um, homeward
0: bound but for cats
2: yeah and it looks really (laughs) cute so i like how game developers are thinking yeah let's just make loads of games about cats
1: well people (laughs) like cats right (laughs) yeah Nice.
2: So yeah, we'll see if they come out.
1: <laughs> yeah. One or both of those cat games, maybe in your future for this year. I hope I mean, so. The <laughs> question
0: is, with with the game about a cat in a robotic city, is it what happens if you're a robotic cat? And you just no. don't realise it. Maybe and a robotic the cats dream of electric mice. No. <laughs> Very nice. Who knows? Good. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, a couple of other games for me as well that I'm looking forward to. I, I imagine one of these you're probably quite keen on, Tony, which is Triangle Strategy,
1: mm. yeah. which is sort of
0: like a spiritual successor to Octopath Traveler, kind of, in that it's made by the same team. It's made by the s- within the same game engine. Um, but this time, rather than it being sort of like a turn-based RPG, it can be a tactics RPG, sort of very similar to things like you know, Final Fantasy Tactics or uh, Tactics Ogre, or a little bit like Fire Emblem, but not quite. And it has a very unique, interesting, like, uh, plot system where, like, every decision you make sort of, like, affects other things along the way. It's, like, very much a choose-your-own-adventure style visual novel gameplay.
2: Mm. Yeah, it does look good. I am interested in that one.
0: But I haven't got any more information on that. That that was it. Like, remember we talked about this at some point. Did we talk about this as, like, part of, like, a reveal trailer or something maybe Mm. last year? Yeah. Um, But nothing more has come out of that one yet. Uh, and another one which certainly hasn't got any more information since the same time the Breath of the Wild 2 got the information was Splatoon 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Splatoon, really enjoyed the first two, looking forward yep. to the third one. I imagine we're more likely to see that this year coming rather than Breath of the Wild 2, if I'm honest yeah. with you. Uh, yeah. because there's it's less toss to toss-up between the two. Yeah. yeah. So I hope that there's more interesting things to talk about from Splatoon 3 other than just sort of, like, new maps and maybe some new weapons, and that's mm. it. Like, I hope there's a, a more unique and interesting twist on things. I don't think there will be. I think they're probably going to hedge their bets and just release the same game again with some new content in it, unfortunately. Um, yep. But it'll still be good, and it'll still be enjoyable to play, and I'll probably still pick it up anyway. Mm-hmm um that's pretty much it really i think yeah. in terms of games we we're looking forward to
1: last year we talked about so we you know we also talked about kind of like the industry as a whole right like what what are our predictions mm-hmm. what are we what do we think's going to happen one of the things that we talked about last time was about game pass right And I mean you know Oct- it's a very classic octal fm topic is like subscription-based gaming mm-hmm. you know subscribing to your game library rather you know netflix style rather than buying individual games and like Game Pass has really broken out this year in t- in twenty twenty one. You know, it's been it's been pushed a lot. But, you know, through promotions, uh, you know, I remember I had Game Pass very briefly when Flight Simulator came out because there was like a one pound for a month yes, deal. Yeah, and Flight Simulator was like £60 was pounds to the base version. £1,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we've we've really seen Game Pass come out and, you know, it's definitely here to stay. Microsoft have been really crushing it with that. And yeah. now we're sort of starting to see others come on board. I think Sony are bringing out sort of like an yeah, equivalent, like a, um, equivalent version of it. Yeah, And, and we... One thing that I think we said last year and so far hasn't come true and we hope it still doesn't come true is having like a Ubisoft game pass and an EA game pass. And, you know, we really don't want to see publishers going mad with with these and it really it would be great if it sticks to just platforms you know just microsoft maybe steam right maybe valve do something maybe yeah. sony um nintendo very unlikely probably in about 10 years yeah <laughs> um, we'll see them do something because they're you know they've be, they've only just got wi-fi i mean fair, devices, they're more than happy
0: to resell you the same nes games that you've paid for 10
1: times already right exactly exactly so not really part of their you know their theory but yeah one thing that's been really good so far
0: for game pass specifically is microsoft have done a very good job of negotiating with other studios so like Mm. for example if you have game pass you also have access to ea's like game pass version it currently has to some extent you have some access to it
1: it's been been a bit of a trend uh, with steam as well right like we've seen more you know like games from ea or ubisoft or whatever available on steam where previously they weren't things like um, apex legends as well like yeah like that like has a steam version and although you need to log into
0: like an ea account effectively to do that you can still play it through steam if you want to and your steam account then gets logged in with your ea account and stuff like that so at least you can access it where you want to access it but Yeah. yeah like so for example one of the things that they've done that i was aware of was that like Microsoft made it so that you could have ten free hours of Battlefield 2042, for example, on the Game Pass right. rather than having to buy it outright, which is good because I'm hoping that the the clout of people like Microsoft and Sony will hopefully keep the publishers from being very segregated with their games away from one yeah. another and they go no you need to make
1: sure that you're keeping your stuff with
0: us as well otherwise you aren't going to get the sales you want
1: I think what's interesting we didn't I've just thought of this we didn't have it on our notes is like something else that we're seeing and i don't know if it's a trend like it'll be something to watch is like the final fantasy 7 remake is coming out on pc and it's coming out at like console game price like it's like six, 60 70 pounds or yeah. something on, yeah. on steam <laughs> and i don't know how i match those two things up in my mind like on one side you've got game pass uh which is you know relatively cheap for yeah. what you get like access 10 pounds to. a month or so yeah yeah and 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 on the other side you've got pc games that are costing more and more and yeah, are getting more £60 and more expensive yeah. and, and you don't even know well. if
0: the quality of it's going to match up and yeah i don't so know think that yeah, you get from the game watch. pass as well which i i must give microsoft credit for as well is they're starting to implement cloud gaming too um like mm, they've got quite a large yes. amount of their library that you can play which is also cloud-based too so right you don't have to have a particularly strong computer to enjoy them
1: yeah yeah, we're seeing more. It's, it it wasn't Stadia. I think is the uh, conclusion for. Our yeah, unfortunately, sort of that very much stream. seems
0: to be dying a death. Um, there's no like, it's not completely shuttered, but I mean, no. it kind of might as well be. Unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm imagining that like Amazon have been holding their breath on that one because I imagine they've got something similar in
1: mind. They've certainly got the tech for it. Yeah, the, like in, it, in the with their
0: with their web-based servers and their their access to things like Twitch and stuff like that is going to be yeah. something that they've got in their mind, uh, as well as things like the steam deck as well you know mm. steam deck is is very very close to coming out properly now yeah um so we're going to be seeing some changes around there as well so yeah w- watch this space for for more game pass related uh, mm. activity and similar
1: it's interesting as well talking about like not you know streaming meaning that you don't need a decent pc because one thing that is a challenge right now as you know especially is buying a decent pc is very yeah. very expensive yeah, um, yeah, yeah and it has been expensive for the whole of twenty. 20- 21 it was expensive for the most of 2020 and my question and my hot take is this isn't they're not going to settle this isn't they're yeah. not gonna you know this they're not going to correct is this, this is the now new norm? you know maybe availability will get better but i think from a pricing point of view i think that. You know, the golden age is
0: past of like being the, able to afford yeah. a top top of the range graphics card for no more than a few hundred pounds.
1: Yeah, like there's always been ridiculously expensive components, but it feels like the the like baseline has really jumped. Yeah, uh, for sort of the changes, and you know, some of that is 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 down to increased technical complexity and cost of manufacturing as, yeah. as things get ever more complicated and complex. But yeah, I don't know. We're, I I certainly don't predict that component prices or availability to be honest yeah. are going to fall it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the market yeah and how that impacts things like steam deck you know which which are suffering from getting components just as much as not as much but like you know to some extent as much as as, as gamers are buying their own components you know and keeping the prices down for those products around. because
0: yeah. when you're buying your own bespoke pc you sort of expect to pay quite a lot of money no one way or the other um but when you're buying a pre-packaged games console which is kind of what the things like the steam deck are trying to be it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a switch equivalent effectively yeah you don't expect to pay above pc you know Mm. above console prices you know you feel paying more than sort of 400 pounds for it you're thinking well now we're entering pc territory in terms of prices so why would i buy this when i could go Mm -hmm. and buy a switch for less and Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this affects the market as a whole in terms of sales of consoles, because the consoles now are basically just PCs as well in the box, Mm. you know. Yeah, so cloud-based gaming could become more and more of a norm as games are demanding to be higher quality in terms of their mm. sort of graphic fidelity, but the hardware to run them is becoming more and more expensive to personally own.
1: And it's interesting, we've sort of talked a lot here about prices rising and you know video games now by some measure are like is a bigger industry than movies than sports sometimes movies and sport combined depending on how you measure it and so again like that's all the more reason why i'm sort of like i don't know if there's a correction here of prices falling again because if it is a big it is like the biggest industry and getting bigger then i don't know if that means that you're going to be spending less money on games in the years to come you're going to be spending more money on games and surrounding you know, paraphernalia. And <laughs> yeah, it's only it,
0: going to grow as well as it grows into more markets. Yeah. Like, because things like China are a huge market for things like mobile gaming, mm-hmm. but less so for console. So yeah. maybe that will change as more consoles and more people. Well, PCs are pretty ubiquitous in fairness, but consoles mm-hmm. less so. Um, you know, and then sort of more developing markets. I'm thinking places like Brazil and India, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are going to grow in terms of their availability to this tech as the economic stability within those regions improves and increases, you know? Mm. So it's only going to grow. The industry is just getting bigger all the time and it's ever as lucrative as it always has been.
1: And one of the impacts of that that we're seeing, you know, sort of in in 2021 and we're undoubtedly going to see more is like the industry growing up. And like we've seen a lot of stuff around, you know, issues in, in, you know large pub, large developers in terms of like workplace workplace environment right it's mm. whether it's sexual harassment or crunch or you know whatever it might be yeah you know we're seeing a lot more of that coming out a lot more of that in the media and you know and 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 as it should be and yeah. as a, when you've got an industry that is bigger than film you yeah. know which yeah, 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 yeah. has its fair share of controversies as well but you know like we're going to see a lot more of that yeah you know we're seeing as there's more and more money there's going to be bigger and bigger legal battles we've seen that with apple and epic yeah you know around the, you know taking the whole for, thing yeah, yeah for, for for microtransactions you know because there's so much money at stake because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking billions now apple's percentage cut equal you know is the difference between the gdps it, it, of some countries <laughs> yeah it's like it's millions and millions of dollars so you know if not billions of dollars so yeah, we're going to see a lot more of that kind of thing because there's just so much money sloshing around yeah. in video games. Like, and Jesus.
0: It's, it's sad that unfortunately the games industry has to be dragged into the light mm, yeah. rather than it wanting to walk into the light. Like not all companies are as bad as each other, but from what we can see, quite a lot of companies are now starting to get called out on their very unacceptable ways of dealing with businesses not just from a workplace environment like for example the sexual harassment cases that have been coming up and the gender equality cases but also just from a what they sell and what they provide like quality assurance and Mm. expectations are starting to be questioned more like refunds are becoming more prevalent and like this is not an acceptable product you are expected to refund your
1: customers yeah um i guess maybe I don't know if 2022 is the year of it, but maybe we will start to see more regulation in yeah, the video games sure. industry. And we're starting um, to
0: see that to some extent as well with things like loot boxes. Like yeah. that's become very heavily regulated as that's become a much more ch- child orientated industry mm. practice. Like it's aimed very much at a younger audience and as and regulation towards... Monetra- monetization of children like mm. i'm thinking of the roblox conspiracies oh yeah and like the 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 way in which they basically make children make the game for them yeah. for basically no money at all and it's yeah. almost child exploitation you know and roblox is valued more than nintendo right
1: like yes yeah. like it's insane
0: so a little bit of a more adult boring <laughs> serious uh, end of this discussion in fairness but i think in a way it's good because it go- goes to show that the game industry is being brought into a more grown-up phase of its existence maturing and and, and in fairness it's not been it's not an old industry you know it's no more than 50 years old absolute most you know probably less in, in many ways for most companies and you know you think the rest of the media that we enjoy as human beings has been around for you know much much longer so yeah it's been a very fast growing up period so i suppose these sort of growing pains would be expected to some extent But that was our hot takes on the gaming landscape in coming 2022. And I'm sure we will have similar takes throughout the year, which we will bring to you in our soundbite episodes. And next year, I'm sure there's going to be some new ones. You can get in contact with us and tell us maybe if you've got some other hot takes that we can cover in one of those soundbite episodes.
1: Yeah, you can get in touch by sending us an email, show at octal.fm, or sending us a tweet at octal.fm on Twitter or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash octal.fm. That's all the things.
0: Uh, and thank you again for Tony for joining us again for this episode, and we will absolutely love to have you back on for the uh, the episode next year. And if there's anything else that you think we should get Tony on to discuss or review with us or something like that, then put you back in know, the cupboard the until next year. Bring you back next year. <laughs> uh, but until then, I've been Safron
1: and I've been Gelada,
0: and catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. Back in the cupboard you go.
2: Pokemon Legends Arceus or Arceus or however the hell <laughs> I was going to swear or, or however the wait I'm going to start again um, yeah so
1: yeah you can send us an email show at octal.fm or you can send us a tweet at oh, stop peering into my vision filling face <laughs> okay I need to so unprofessional up. goodness. <clears throat>